Recently, I had the privilege of ministering to a group of ministers in the Midwest, ministers really from all over the country. And uh, this phrase it came up in my spirit, and I do think it's appropriate for all of us. Three things the Spirit of the Lord was saying. Number one, it's a new season. It's a new season. We sense that in our spirit. Of course, Brenda and I have been in ministry for about 45 years, but we just sense it's just like a, a new season. And along with the new season that many of us experience, all of us, we also experience new assignments. Now, what, what the Lord was ministering to us was, there'll be new assignments for your new season. Amen? And so it would be good to check up with the Lord on these assignments that He may have for all of us. Amen? As a church and also individually. And then the third thing I got in my heart right before I ministered was this phrase, new life. So in this new season, there'll be new assignments, but it's going to take a new life. What that means is it's going to take the quickening power of the Holy Spirit, the life-giving Spirit to strengthen us, to give us all the fuel that we need to fulfill the will of God. And so if you're a candidate today for new life, just raise up your hands. Father, right now in the name of Jesus... We declare the life of God over each individual in this body. We declare the life of Jesus is manifest in their mortal body and that the life of Christ also quickens them in their minds and makes them quick and bright and sharp. Lord, we thank you. The things that you have placed in our heart, these assignments for this season, we draw upon the life of God. Say with me, I draw upon the life of God. I draw upon the Zoe of God. I've got the life of God in me. I've got His life. I've got His nature. And I have His ability. I've got, we've got the life of God in us. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus propels us, elevates us, strengthens us, enables us, and equips us in this new season for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, you may be seated. It's cold in here. Yeah. Take care of it. Praise the Lord. Thank you. All right. Praise God. And I'm also going to, to, to minister what I ministered uh, to that group of ministers because it's very appropriate for each and every individual in the body of Christ. So let's pray and we'll look at 1 John chapter 1. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this wonderful group of people as part of the body of the anointed one. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us through the word and by your spirit today. Lord, we ask you for utterance. We ask you for divine impartations and grace deposits this morning. And we glorify you ahead of time and we give you thanksgiving in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. So let's take a look at 1 John. That's little John, not the gospel of John, but 1 John chapter 1 
And we're going to look at verse 3 and 4. He said, That which we have seen and declared we, we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Now we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. But where do we get this joy from? One way that we get this joy is we get it from fellowship with the joy giver. Amen. For in the presence of Jehovah, there is fullness of joy. When we fellowship with him, we commune with him, we experience him, and along with that comes joy and comes strength for our race. We are called to fellowship with the master. In 1 John 1, 9, it bears this out. It says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I love this phrase. We have an invitation to a glorious visitation with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We are invited into koinonia with him. We are invited into friendship with him. Now the word fellowship basically means to share. It's akin to the word communion. Communion and fellowship is sharing. We see a great illustration of sharing perhaps at a family meal. Have you ever gone to a restaurant where they served family style? That means that they put the different things, the different uh, things that are on the menu on the table. We have the privilege of going down to Branson, Missouri at least once a year for the week of increase for Brother Keith Moore. And we also visit our family. And they have the Branson Strip down there and they have a great restaurant called Paula Dean. And of course, Paula Dean's a southern gal and she knows how to put a meal together. And so we order family style. And on the uh, family style menu is pork chops, it's fried catfish, and somebody say fried chicken. Come on, need I say any more? And so you're sharing with one another family style. And when the meal is done, you've got fried chicken in you, and I've got fried chicken in me. It's the same chicken on the same table. I thought I heard the organ right there. Can somebody use a little fried chicken a little bit later today? Love that chicken at Popeye's. <laughs> oh, my. But this sharing a meal, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. I can remember when I was a little boy... Uh, my parents had a lake home up in northern Wisconsin. I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. My dad grew up in a little city called Cumberland, Wisconsin. And they bought a little plot there and built a home there. But when I was a little boy, my, my grandfather and grandmother owned a hotel there in that small town. I think it was built really before the Civil War. It was an old uh, hotel that had three levels. It was amazing. We loved to go there. My brother Tim and I were closest because he was just a couple years older than me. I was the youngest of a family of four. 
But we said, we're going to go to grandma's. And so we go to grandmother's and we'd all be able to get our own room at the hotel. I mean, it wasn't lush, but I tell you right now, it would make a good bed and breakfast. But they tore it down. So we would go to this little Italian restaurant called Bonacasa. And they had family style. They had cavatiles. They had ravioli. Is anybody hungry today? So family style eating is great. You got the same thing on the inside that the other person does. But you know, during a meal, we can share much more than food. We can share our thoughts. We can share our dreams. We can share our vision. And it's great to share with each other. But it's even greater to share with Him. That's absolutely God's plan from the very beginning. When He would go down in the cool of the day and He would visit with His man, Adam. You see, you and I have been made in His likeness and in His image. We have been created to fellowship with Him and to hear from Him. Oh, praise God. We were made for this. And when you know what you're made for, there is nothing in this world like it. There is nothing in this word, world that will ever satisfy you. No pot of coal, uh, uh, gold high enough. No mansion big enough. No Lamborghinis fast enough. All those things are temporary. They may be good. And they may not be good depending on who it is. But oh, thank God, there is nothing like having friendship and fellowship with the creator of the universe. Oh, and his thoughts are amazing. He'll share a thought with you. You may be driving down the road. You may be on BART on the way to work. And he'll share a thought from you. Whoo, glory to God. And keep you jumping all day. Oh, thank God, one thought from God, one word from heaven can change your life forever. One word from heaven can set you on a course. It can direct you on a path right on into your wealthy, healthy, prosperous place. Amen. And so we were made for this. The only thing that will satisfy is Him. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. That's as rich as it gets. It's as rich as it gets. And somebody said, well, that's all great, Pastor Mark, but what does that have to do with my daily walk of faith? What does that have to do with our daily walk of faith? Let me tell you, folks, it is the source of faith. Fellowship is the fountain or the source of our faith in God. Say that with me. Fellowship is the fountain or the source of faith in God. Now notice with me in in verse 5 of 1 John, it says, This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and we declare unto you, That God is what? God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. Let's just stop right there. We are in Him. He is in us. And when we get born again, there is no darkness in you in whatever fashion, way, or form. No darkness at all. 
As a matter of fact, the Bible says that we are the light of the world. And when we are fellowshipping with Him, we are sharing in light. We're sharing in light. And what does light enable us to do? Light enables us to see. Does anybody in this house need to see something for your new season? Does anybody in this place need to see what your assignment is? Fellowship turns the lights on, enabling us to see. Now, darkness, on the other hand, prevents us from seeing. And if we don't see, it's because we're not fellowshipping with Him. But when we are fellowshipping with Him, we're sharing light. He's sharing light with us. Let me describe you some darkness. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what is wrong. I don't know how to handle this situation. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why it's not working. I don't know why I don't have it yet. Whatever we don't know is what we don't see. Oh, but there is light available to you and to me. Hallelujah. Say it with me. There is light available to me and to you. Now, the psalmist said it so beautifully. I love this verse of scripture. Psalm 36 and verse 9. Notice with me. For with thee is the fountain of life and in thy light. In this time of sharing, the entrance of his word giveth light. For with him is the fountain of life and in his light. What are we going to see? We are going to see what we need to see. We are going to be enlightened in our soul, fired in our spirit, fueled by the Holy Ghost to fulfill the plan of God. Amen. So when we're fellowshipping with Him, He will show us what to do. He will show us what the problem is and what the answer to the problem is. He will correct us on why certain things haven't been working in our lives. It's never on God's end. Hello? We don't want to blame God for why things are not working. We need to look at the man in the mirror and open our eyes to see the light. And when we see the light, the corrections can be made. And somebody shouted, Amen. Amen. In the light of His presence, in the light of His Word, we see more light. Oh, hallelujah. 
The entrance of his word gives light. Praying in the Holy Spirit opens the door for light. Perhaps one of the biggest problems in faith circles where there's been mistakes and when there's been problems is trying to exercise our faith without fellowship. Trying to exercise faith-based principles that perhaps we've heard based on seeing someone else who did this and thinking that we could do it without the foundation of fellowship and without the foundation of hearing from heaven. I believe I receive. I believe in my heart. I say with my mouth, I believe in the faith principles with all of my heart. But it's not just about reciting scriptures. It's not just about saying what God said. These things are very, very important. But we must not go off half-cocked in our own strength, going in our own way until we've heard from heaven concerning the details of our lives and ministries. For faith comes by hearing the word... But it also comes by hearing what God is saying to you on a daily basis, on a regular basis. That is when it becomes rhema. That's when it becomes alive. That's when it becomes active. And you can move sure-footed because your faith is the foundation of hearing from heaven. Otherwise... We can get into foolishness. We can get into presumption. We can get into trouble and waste years and years of our lives trying to function and to operate simply by the principles of faith without the Spirit of God being involved in these things. Just trying to use faith principles... And to do what we want to do, apart from a living communion with God, my friends, it just does not work. Now in John chapter 15, in verse 4, he said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except what? The word abide there means dwell. Remain in me, I will remain in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. Fellowship with me, and I will fellowship with you. Commune with me, and I will commune with you. For as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Now notice this word fruit. We could say there in the place of the word fruit results. As a branch not abiding in the vine, we will not get the results that Jesus has bought and paid for us. Except 
it abide in the vine. And then he says, no more can you except you abide in me. Results in our lives are produced by abiding in the vine. We will not get results apart from the vine. The Amplified says it this way, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit or get results except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. Is anybody interested in abundant fruit? However, apart from me, cut off, now notice, from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Now drop down to verse 7. Here's what it says in the New Living Testament. It says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Still another translation says, if you live in me and what I, now listen to this, what I say lives in you. What is he saying to you? What is he saying to you through the book? What is he saying to you by his spirit? What is he sharing with you? What is he showing you? This is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It does not come by just cataloging a lot of scriptures. It does not come by just showing up every now and then to church. It does not come just by attending great seminars. All those things are awesome and all these things are good except the part of showing up every now and then to church. But what is he saying to you? Listen, folks. He's always speaking. Yes, to you. Not just to Kenneth E. Hagen. Not just to Kenneth Copeland. He's speaking to his body. The head. The head is coordinating his assignments and his directions to his body. That's why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thine own head. Lean to the head, not your head, the head. He is the head. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Don't exclude him, include him. At the top of every decision, in everyday life, include him. Wake up in the morning and say, oh, thank you, Lord, for another day. I acknowledge you in all my ways. I pray that you'll direct my path, lead me and guide me by the Holy Ghost. That's right. He's the head. We're not. 
we're part of the body. And the body follows the directions from the head. So what is he saying to you? What does he put in your heart? What do you have on the inside of you? Well, somebody says, I don't know. Well, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Come close to him. And he will come close to you. And so all it takes is some discipline. It's not difficult. It's not hard. We must not try to make it hard. We understand this, that he's speaking to us. So what we need to do is lay aside some things that are distracting us. There are so many distractions of this age. The cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things. Enter in and choke the light. Turn the lights off. But oh, thank God those that are on the good ground. Lay aside the weights. Those that are on the good ground, take time to wait upon the Lord. Those that are on the good ground, like you and me, we're the good ground. And we receive a good word. And we receive godly direction, godly correction. We receive from the head of the church. Woo, glory to God. Hmm. If you live in me, and what I say lives in you, then and only then, you'll ask what you want, and it shall be done unto you. Now drop down to verse 16. If you could pull verse 16 up. I don't have it up there with you. But John 15, 16. Understand this. That verse 16 is in the context of the whole chapter. We cannot go off half prepared. In verse 16 it says, You've not chosen me. Aren't you glad that you've been chosen? But I've chosen you. And I've ordained that you should go and get some results. And that your fruit should remain. Now notice this. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So here's what happens. People get a part of the message. Whatever I ask the Father in the name of Jesus, he will give it to me. Not apart from living in vital union and communion with him and that's where a lot of faith failures and a lot of mistakes had been made and a lot of people have just thrown up their hands and said this faith stuff don't work well i beg your pardon faith in god and fellowship flowing together are inseparable and it doth work so faith for today A living, vital faith for today and fellowship can't be separated. They are inseparable. Anybody getting anything yet? Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Now, I've learned this from experience because I have failed. I have had faith failures. I have missed it. I have gotten impulsive and moved too quickly on some things. Yes, even the pasta. (laughs) So I'm not up here telling you that I have never missed it because I have. And Brenda can verify that. (laughs) But what I've learned is to learn from my mistakes. Only a foolish person will keep going in the wrong direction and doing the same thing over and over and over again without results. At some point, there's got to be some correction. And when that correction takes place, then we can receive new direction. Now, I'm not up here putting myself down. What I want to do is lift you up. Because there's many of you that have experienced some shipwreck where your faith is concerned. But God. But God. He can take things and He can turn them around quickly. The God that raised Jesus from the dead can raise you up, can raise your faith up, can raise you up to where you are getting the results and that you are bearing fruit. Romans 8.14 says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, what are they? They are the sons of God. Now, I mentioned earlier in this message that we are not to exclude him, we are to include him. David is a prime example of someone, even though he was a skilled warrior. He was a skilled warrior. I mean, he did the Philistines in, I don't know how many times. Time and time and time again. Because the anointing was on David David was able to prevail the attacks of the ites, the Hittites, the termites, all of the ites. David was a skilled warrior. But understand this. Even though he was a skilled warrior and proficient in warfare, he never, ever stopped inquiring of the Lord. He asked the Lord purposefully, even though he could have in the natural done some things, he asked the Lord, shall I pursue them? They're coming against us. Shall I go after them? He's inquiring. In 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 1, then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Kiliah, and they rob the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Kiliah. Verse 3, And David's men said unto him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we come to Keliah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord again. How many of you know it's good to check up? Before you move out, check up. 
before you move in, check in. David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Kaliah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thy hand. Even though he was a skilled warrior, he did not lean to his own understanding. I heard a quote from Patsy Caminetti, just an awesome teacher of the Word of God. She's been here many times over the years. And she said this, Leaning to our own understanding even after our understanding has been enlightened or educated, is still not leaning on God. Then she said this, if we don't ask, then by default, we'll have to go by what we know. I don't want to go by past victories. Thank God for past victories. But there's today. There's today. There's things that come up today. And so we need to ask of the Lord and inquire of the Lord. You know why, folks? Because His thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are mucho, mucho higher than our ways. He's given us 66 books of His thoughts where we can tap into His thoughts and what, aren't, what is not known clearly in the Word, He's given us the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into all the truth. Brother Hagin is a great example also of inquiring of the Lord. In the last uh, several years of his life and of his ministry, he had it so strong to go to churches and hold two-week Holy Ghost meetings. He did one in 1995 over there on Royal Avenue. You talk about days of heaven on earth. We need to show some of those videos. Oh my goodness. The presence of God, the power of God. What was he doing? He was teaching us by precept, but he was also showing us by example what it would be like to inquire of the Lord and to pray and to seek him every day of our lives. What an example. The thing that he was concerned about He was concerned that this generation would lose it, a move of the Spirit of God, if they didn't get proper teaching and see the proper examples of the moving of the Holy Spirit. All that to say this. He would travel from city to city, and he would seek the Lord on which place to go to next. We heard this from Patsy. They would pray, maybe at Dad Hagen's house, maybe at the headquarters, And they would be praying about their next steps. You know, it's good to pray about your next steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so they would pray about what their next steps would be. And here's what he would say to the Lord. He said, now, Lord, I'll just use Sacramento for an example. You know, he'd talk. He'd say things like, I'm a thinking about. That's Southern colloquial. I'm thinking about, Lord, it seems right to go to Sacramento to hold a meeting on such and such a month. I just submit my thoughts to you. And I'm asking you, Lord, now am I, am I thinking right about this? Is that right? Is that, is that what I should do? And the Lord would give him oftentimes the green light. 
and he would show him and reveal to him that his thoughts were in line with the thoughts of God concerning future meetings. Now, if Brother Hagin can do that, you can do that. Well, Lord, I'm thinking about moving. I'm thinking about getting another job. There's a job available to me over here. I'm thinking about taking that. I just kind of feel like that'd be a good thing to do. What do you think about it, Lord? It's just as easy as that. And then he'll just show you. And folks, you don't have to wait for an audible voice. I've been in the ministry for years and years and years. I have yet to hear an audible voice. Thank God. Because the audible voice sometimes means a big warning. You know, years and years ago when Brother Hagin was operating proficiently in the office of a prophet, uh, we would be going to some of his meetings. And we were in a meeting in San Jose one time, and that prophetic ministry got off on him, and he started walking around the front row where a lot of us ministers were. And he looked at one minister and he says, your problem is your flesh. And he says, and you got a lot of it. And then he gave him a word. And then another minister, he said, problems, problems, <coughs> problems. Then he gave him a word. We all went to dinner later at that night, and the man of God that was hearing that word, problems, problems, he says, why are my problems public? <laughs> another well-known minister, you'd know him if I, I mentioned his name. Well, I mentioned Mario Murillo. He was over here sitting, behind, sitting next to us. And one of his associates was in the second row. And Mario kind of chewed him out for not getting him a parking place. And so Brother Hagin started walking over there. And Mario says, oh, I'm sorry, I repent. You know? <laughs> when that prophet's ministry would get to operate and to function, folks, you'd be looking for dimes. I remember, you know, being in the the old building in 1976 and 1977. Brenda and I met in 76, got married July 22nd, 1977. And this was before I was married. And, you know, I was I still had long hair and I, my mind was still kind of messed up. Thank God for the Word of God. And uh, I'd see Brother Hagin in the hallway and I'd go the other way. A lot of people say, oh, Lord Jesus, I repent. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> But that same night, he came to us right where Pastor Tom and Kimberly are sitting. And he pointed to us and he says, come on up here. And we're thinking, oh, Jesus. He says, you're doing quite well, but you could do better. And he says, and you will, for the Lord will help you and the vision shall be fulfilled. Woo, glory. Thank God. That was the best word of the night. Somebody says, why did you, you get off on that? I have no idea. But as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So I encourage you, I exhort you to submit your whole life to Jesus. Make Him your Lord. Not just Savior. Just don't get your fire insurance. Opens the door to getting burnt. 
But if you want to live in the fullness of the blessing of God, submit your mind, your heart, your body unto Him as a living sacrifice. Say, Lord, I'm not sure what to do about this, but I know that you do. And I'm going to take the time to live for you and to be in your presence long enough until I do know. Just lift up your hands right now. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we can fellowship with you. For fellowship is the fountain of joy. (laughs) The joy giver. Lord, we thank you for the ability to hear from heaven. Oh, just pray in the Holy Ghost just a moment. Glory to God. Matter of fact, stand up. You've been seated long enough. Just go ahead and pray in the Spirit a minute. Limbro capaste atalamande. Elevuruca asinde ecolamandeast. Afasure alamare. Ivijuto. Come on, pray, saints. Ne selabocaridiste. Andro clatiste ama. Apart from him, I can't do anything. I can't even get up in the morning without him. But the good news, folks, we ain't without him. We are in him. He is in us. Woo-hoo-hoo. And there's a lot of sharing. That he, the lot of things he wants to share with us, Mike. A lot of things he wants to share with you, Kathy. A lot of things he wants to share with you. There's a lot of things he wants to share. Just go like this. I open right now. I open my heart to the King of glory. Reveal unto me what I need to hear. Give me, Lord, eyes to see and ears to hear. Direct, O Lord, all of my paths. This comes up in my spirit. Listen to this statement. Real faith is shareable. That means every one of us have been given a measure of his faith. And when Peter and John went to the temple for prayer, Peter said, such as I have. What did he have? He had faith. The operation of the gift of faith was there. It was through faith in his name that made this man sound and whole before them in the presence of them all. That faith was on the inside because it was shared from the master. Real faith, my friends, is shareable. You can take the faith you have and you can lift up other people. Amen. You can share with other people. Amen. You can give them a word in season. Right. You can be an encourager. Yes. Because he has shared so much with all of us. Yes. We can open our hearts, open our mouths, and open our lives to be sharing with other people. Yes. Isn't that rich? Think about that. He said, go into all the world. They were sitting there. He's sharing with them. Go into all the world, Raul. 
preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And in my name, I'm giving you my name. My name. My name is in you. My name is on you. So what do you say? As revivalists, believing for rain in the time of the latter rain, what do you say? We take the name which is above every name. And we pray for the sick in his name. And we cast out devils in his name. And we preach in his name. You don't have to be in the pulpit to preach. You're all preachers. I pray for the Spirit of God to come upon each and every one of us right now. The Spirit of boldness. The Spirit of love. The Spirit of sharing. And may we all enter in to rich koinonia in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.